0: Butts and Guts, a Cleveland Clinic podcast exploring your digestive and surgical health from end to end. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Butts and Guts. I'm your host, Scott Steele, the chair of colorectal surgery here at the Cleveland Clinic in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. And today we're very pleased to have Dr. Sarah Vidge, who's an assistant professor of urology and the center director for male fertility, who specializes in men's health and urology here at the department of urology at the Cleveland Clinic. We're going to talk a little bit about today, everything you want to know about a vasectomy. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us on Butts and Guts.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? where did you train and how did you come to the point that you're here at the Cleveland Clinic?
1: Sure. So I'm from the East Coast. I grew up in Connecticut. I ended up at medical school at Northwestern in Chicago and ultimately matched at the Cleveland Clinic for my residency and stayed on for fellowship here in infertility and andrology. And I've been on staff now uh, about five years. So we're going
0: to talk a little bit about a vasectomy. And I know a lot of people have, you know, that term may make you cringe or it may not, or you may be looking forward to it. But at a very high level, what is a vasectomy?
1: Sure. So, a vasectomy is the only FDA approved form of male contraception or option to prevent a pregnancy for men. There are many options for women. So, uh, during a vasectomy, what we're doing is we're essentially blocking sperm flow through the vas deferens, which is the tube that carries sperm from your testicles, your sperm producing structures, um, into the ejaculate. So, it's a form of um, preventing pregnancy essentially by mechanical blockage.
0: So, who qualifies for the surgery? How long does this surgery typically last, and how often is it successful?
1: So, any patient with male genitalia qualifies. Um, You have to be over the age of 18. That's really the only... other factor. And uh, the procedure itself is very quick, uh, under 10 minutes. Uh, sometimes it can be under five minutes. Um, it's very quick. It's typically done in the office. We do probably over 90% of them here uh, in the office just under local anesthetic. Um, and in occasional situations, we will put uh, patients under a twilight type or a general anesthesia in the operating room.
0: So, how is a vasectomy actually performed?
1: There's several different ways to do it, but uh, essentially the vas deferens is very easily accessible in the scrotum or the, the sac. Um, we can bring it essentially right underneath the skin just with a, a grip, a sort of a specialized grip. And then um, if the, assuming the patient's awake, which is, again, how we do most of these, we will give some numbing medicine in the skin and in the tissues surrounding the vas deferens so that the patient doesn't feel any uh, severe pain during the procedure. And then we use various tools to basically bring about a centimeter or two um, of the vas sort of out through a very small incision. We don't typically even use a scalpel for the incision. Uh, We use just a sharp instrument to sort of spread the skin. And then there are several different techniques. The most common would be clips or ties around the vas deferens. Then we remove a small segment of it. And some people will put a little fascia or sort of tissue layer in between the ends. So you really can do it however you've been trained as long as your procedure is effective and you use generally more than one form of sort of mechanical blockage. Uh, and then that that's really it. We sort of drop the structures back in. And um, some people put a stitch in the skin, other people don't. And and that's it. And the patient goes home.
0: So what are the benefits of a vasectomy?
1: Certainly, vasectomy, like I mentioned earlier, it's the only FDA approved option for contraception for men. So it really sort of gives, I think, men some control over their reproductive outcomes. And the other benefit um, for men who are in a relationship with a woman is it takes the burden of contraception off the female partner. And that sort of really does tend to be sort of the norm in our, in our society. So women tend to bear the burden of, of birth control or contraception. And so, you know, if your partner is on uh, birth control pills or has an intrauterine device, that can all be stopped. And it's sort of a, a one and done procedure. So you don't have to deal with side effects of medications and things like that.
0: So truth or myth, more than 500,000 men elect to have a vasectomy every year in the U.S.
1: That is accurate. Truth.
0: Truth or myth, vasectomy is over 99.99% effective in preventing pregnancies.
1: That is also true. It is the most effective form of contraception. Another way to sort of look at that number is to say that between one and two women out of 1,000 will end up with a pregnancy if their partner's had a vasectomy. So it's pretty much as good as it gets. There's no such form of contraception that's 100.
0: Okay, so I I have to ask, I just have to ask, what happened if you've had a vasectomy and somebody gets pregnant? Did it recannulize or did the tie fall off or what's going on here?
1: That's a good question. So the most common is when we say a vasectomy has been done and it worked, that means that that patient had his vasectomy, and anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks later, got a semen test that showed the procedure was a success. Unfortunately, the compliance with getting that post-procedure semen test is only about 50%. So half of men are sort of just saying, all right, I've seen those stats. I'm going to just run with it. And they don't actually get the confirmatory test to, to ensure that they did not have a failure because the failures are rare. So most of the pregnancies that occur after vasectomies are in men that never got their follow-up testing and actually never had a successful procedure to begin with. In those who did and showed, say, no sperm, and then two years later, they have a pregnant partner, the thought is that it essentially, yes, recannulizes. In other words, the two ends sort of find each other, sort of fistulize is the way we think about it. So the sperm sort of find a pathway through. Um, Fortunately... That's really, really rare, but I just make that point to emphasize that getting that post-procedure semen test is really the final step in the process, and until you have done that, you really are not considered clear.
0: Are there certain foods or medications to avoid prior to this surgery?
1: So um, different surgeons have different preferences on this. Foods, no. And, and we actually, there, there's really nothing you need to avoid. We do recommend p- um, patients do have breakfast before the procedure because we don't want people getting lightheaded. So we do encourage people to eat, of course, if they're not having anesthesia. Medications, um, we don't want patients on blood thinners, you know, medications like Coumadin, Eliquis, Plavix. Mostly in this patient population, that's a little bit less common. And then um, many urologists will ask that patients stop um, anti-inflammatories like NSAID class of medications.
0: So is your ability to urinate affected right after a vasectomy?
1: Not at all. It has no uh, no overlap with your ability to empty the bladder.
0: And how does a vasectomy alter your libido?
1: There's no evidence that vasectomy uh, changes sex drive Um You know, there are always going to be reports out there of patients who do have this side effect, and we don't really have a great sort of physiologic explanation, meaning the blockage of sperm flow should not have any impact on sex drive. Um, It's thought to maybe be a, a psychogenic or psychologic factor where they're no longer fertile and and that may change sort of how they view their sex lives. It's hard to say, but so there are a very, very small percentage of patients who report sexual side effects after this procedure, but there's not a great anatomic or physiologic explanation for that.
0: And so is it possible to reverse a vasectomy? You talked a little about the recanalization, so can you undergo a vasectomy reversal?
1: Absolutely. Um, so we do a lot of these here. It's another thing that I'm trained to do. It is not always successful, so there's no guarantees with the reversal. So when patients say to me, I want a vasectomy, and I'll just have it reversed in five years, we really don't encourage that because we can't guarantee a success, and there are other forms of sort of temporary birth control. And it's not typically covered by insurance, and the cost is, is relatively high. So the success rates are pretty good if the vasectomy has been performed recently, but again, you have to think about cost for patients.
0: And finally, are there any advancements on the horizon in terms of vasectomies?
1: There are. Everyone is trying to find a form of vasectomy or male birth control in general that's easily reversible. So is there some way to inject, say, like fibrin glue that's dissolvable into the lumen or the inside of the vase so that you can say, OK, I'm going to have this procedure done. And then in two years, I'm going to be fertile again. So there's a lot of um, scientific you know, research being done for procedures uh, like that. And then there's a lot of interest in, in hormonal birth control for men. So sort of the equivalent of birth uh, birth control pills, so to speak, for women. Um, What this typically requires is taking testosterone because testosterone actually makes you um, sterile. The problem is it requires very frequent dosing and it's a little bit unreliable. And when you're talking about contraception, um being a little bit unreliable is not acceptable. So, as of now, you know, the standard vasectomy is what we have to offer for men and for those who are certainly done having children, it's it's a very good option. But hopefully there'll be there'll be more flexibility for men in the future.
0: Now, it's time for our quick hitters to get to know you a little bit better. So, first, what's your favorite food? Pizza. What is your favorite sport? Soccer flying right along. So what is your favorite place that you've been to that you tell other people you got to go there?
1: I would say Costa Rica. We go every year and it's become just one of my favorite places in the world to visit.
0: Behind the scenes for all the listeners here, we tape a couple of these a day and that's the second Costa Rica of the day. So it must be a good spot. And so finally, what is it that you enjoy about Northeast Ohio living here?
1: I love Northeast Ohio. The people are kind. um I think we really take advantage of what we have around here, despite maybe not having the best weather. Uh, it's an easy place to live, not a lot of traffic. I love it here. can't complain
0: and so what's a final take home message for our listeners about a vasectomy?
1: I would just say I, I like to just make sure that people know about it as an option and that men who um, really see their child rearing days uh, come to an end. It's a really, really good option for them and that women don't sort of need to always be the bearers of, of contraception. Uh, please come in and talk to us and you can learn more about the procedure. And, and we have uh, virtual visits to, to help make this easier for our sort of young uh, professional working population.
0: That's fantastic. And so to learn more about vasectomies at the Cleveland Clinic, visit our website at clevelandclinic.org vasectomy. That's clevelandclinic.org vasectomy, V-A-S-E-C-T-O-M-Y. You can also call us at 216-445-6246. Again, that's 216-445-6246. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us on Butts and Guts.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: That wraps things up here at Cleveland Clinic. Until next time, Thanks for listening to Butts and Guts.